everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Rose Tinted Reels. Yet another one. Gosh, how many are there now? Too many, if you ask me. I am your co-host, Zachary uh, Duncan. You can call me Zach if you really like to. I will give you that permission. It's like we know each other at this point. Well, you know more about me than I know about you. I've never, I don't, I don't know anything about you. It's kind of a shame. This seems to be such a one-sided uh, relationship that we're developing, but that's okay. I like it better this way. I'm I'm not really interested in you, um, but uh, the, the <laughs> this got off to a bad start. I'm really sorry. This is not how it's supposed to go. Look, I'm just here to welcome you to the second part of our Labyrinth series, okay? This is going to be part two of three. There's going to be one extra part. This is going to be the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. We're going to be analyzing the bulk of the movie. Part three is just going to be kind of the end of the movie and then a little bit of, uh, you know, analysis and punch up and we're going to, it's it's all going to be good stuff. Trust me. But this is part two and that's really all I have to say, right? I, I There's nothing else. I, I insulted you. I, I didn't mean to. But actually, while I'm here, let me encourage you to visit the RTR Community Face Place on Facebook right? You can, you can visit us on Facebook and Twitter at, at Rose Tinted Reels. And do leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's just the right thing to do. If you do, we will read it aloud on the podcast, right? So leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, you, you'll be famous. Everybody in the whole world who listens to this podcast will hear you uh, and know how great you are. So anyway, Without further ado, here is part two of Labyrinth. All right, so now we can ascend to act three, movie and all. So as a refresher, my nostalgia rating, perfect score, 10 out of 10. Got. And then my real rating was a six out of 10. Okay, okay, okay. I predicted that Zach would reel it a four. Okay, okay. And because I was scared, I told Cindy he was going to heart it a four. Okay, okay, okay. You ready to go? Let's cue it up. So we're going to go right to the start of things at 2 minutes 55. Um, so right at the start start of things is the probably most realistic graphic of an owl you will ever see. Well, so this was, according to some trivia that I read, mm -hmm. the owl was the very first photorealistic CGI creature ever to be tried on screen. Well, see, there you go. That's the first. It contributed something to cinema. Eh, it didn't start the CGI. It just, it was a style. I don't know if that's... It's a little boxy. It's a little boxy. Little boxy. So at minute two fi um, 55 seconds, uh, our story opens. And so I'm not sure where this public park is, but it is absolutely gorgeous. All right, so we've got main lady kind of running across the field here. Give me the child. She's wearing dangers untold. A medieval gown. And hardships unnumbered. I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the goblin city to take back the child that you have stolen. For my will is as strong as yours, and my kingdom is as great. as strong as yours my kingdom is great damn there's three oh, dams in this I can movie never remember that line so that was one of them and then 
uh, Grimrock or what do you call them? Hoggle mm-hmm. says two of them. Mm-hmm. Are those all the dams? Those are all the dams. Um, and then there's a couple of hells. Couple of hells. Damn Does- me, Jareth, and damn you. Does anybody drop an F? No one drops an F, but I did have to know this um, because there's been a couple times where I was a babysitter and I wanted to share this film. So I got parental permission. Oh, interesting. And so how young were these people you were showing? Different ages. I I was a very used babysitter in my neighborhood. Um, uh, So I think... That makes you sound so cheap. Well, I I was... I was used, tossed around like the rag that I was. So I, I think the youngest was five, and the oldest person I babysat in the neighborhood was, I think, nine or ten. Nine or ten? I guess that's that's old enough to view this movie. Yeah, I mean, I was old enough. Oof. But um, so you have just seen this movie for the first time, literally quite recently. Yeah. Uh, when you first saw this, what did you think was happening did you think she was acting or did you think that this was in the past like what were your thoughts well i didn't know anything about this movie Mm -hmm. except for what you know apple showed on the banner of the you know the movie's page so i i didn't know i i thought this was taking place in medieval times or something okay yeah i was just curious if uh, that translated to you um yeah i was i was fooled by the ruse until uh until she whips out her little bookie book. Until she drops a damn. <laughs> Until she drops a damn. <laughs> <laughs> and goes into American. But I, I want to pay special attention to the next line because this is my timestamp. You have no power over me. Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> you have no power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I did while I was watching the movie. I had to pause and laugh for a moment. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Did you have more here? Or did you just want to see the fake out? I just wanted to see the fake out and okay. just, God, how beautiful is that park? It's a lovely park. It really is. My Even though it's an overcast a London park. I think that's London. You think that they went to ye olde Londinius? Well, part of it was filmed in London and part was in New York. I guess it could be in parts of New York. I've not been to, you know, when she's running to her house in the neighborhood, that looked very New York. My, right? my, this was filmed partway in London and partway in New York. New York City. New York is not really known for its Hollywood filming. It's usually uh, California. It's true. I wonder if that was Jim Henson's doing. I wonder if he liked, either likes New York or had some sort of residence nearby that he didn't want to travel too far away from. Possibly. This is West Wycombe Park in the United Kingdom. Ah, so this is the UK. Yeah. And then um, parts were um, filmed in Upper Nyack, Piedmont, and... All right, so she just has a little spat with Step Mummy. Look at those shoulders. Oh, do shut up, Portia. (laughs) She does look like that, doesn't she? (laughs) A little bit. Doesn't she? (laughs) Seriously, that whole body language thing. Mm. I bet she's her. I bet her name is Karen. (laughs) Okay, this is interesting. So I found no reason why she should have hated her stepmother. She's just a little shrill. She didn't seem that way to me. She seemed fine. She was. She was, seemed Please like she let was. Let me finish. Well, because she was uh, immediately. Uh, Sarah was giving her a bunch of guff. Yeah, I just to to me it seemed like um, she she was a little more harsh and shrill. And we don't know the history of how many times Sarah's kind of just lost in her own fantastical world and running late or. Well, and she she even says like I, I'm 
like, I can't remember the exact words, but she's like, I'm not trying to say that you need to always be here or whatever. I didn't know you had plans. I figured you would have told me. I want you to have plans. I want you to have dates and stuff like that. She seemed like she was being supportive. So that could be read a couple different ways. (laughs) You should have dates at your, like, it just like, you know, it, it, it can be a little hostile seeming like, you know, I want you to at your age kind of, as a teenage girl, we can, um, hormonally react to to that like it, it just makes it, it and possibly also dealing with the fact that this isn't her mother giving her that kind of talk possibly and i don't know how long they've been she and her dad have been married now mm-hmm. but long i don't know to have a baby true enough i i didn't read it as she was being mean i read it as sarah was being kind of an asshole yeah it's a, she she does come off a little shrill herself, so it's uh. But the the stepmom and this like the the dad is kind of talk to her. No, 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 I'm I'm Mr. Rogers. You know, speaking of, he seemed kind of like the dad, I'm Mr. Robert. He seemed like uh, Nancy and Mike's dad in Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, like just I, kind of nothing. Yeah. So through the room, we see different elements. We see there's where the little, wild things are. Uh, we see a music box that would later be used in the ballroom scene. We see a minimus. We see a, There's a labyrinth. A labyrinth puzzle game. We see fantasy novels like The Wizard of Oz. Beyond the Goblin City. And we see playbooks featuring what we assume is her mother that she's idolizing. Sarah. Can I talk to you? There's nothing to talk I love his voice. Sarah, can I talk to you? He There's just... nothing to talk about. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> you didn't even try to talk to me. Practically broke down the door. She is a nut. Talk about! She's a hormonal. You better hurry, you're gonna be late. <laughs> Listen, we fed Toby and put him to bed. We do have to leave now, but we'll be back around midnight. You really wanted to talk to me, didn't you? practically broke down the door her bed looks so stiff and uncomfortable it sure does and so does she (laughs) but i will say that by god if i were her father i would have drowned her so did you so zach has put on some some sunnies and i'm just wondering sunnies (laughs) i'm just wondering because you know it's indoors and five o'clock that's right Are, are you just trying to mask your eyes from me so i don't know how you're feeling that wasn't actually the intention. I wanted to dress kind of like a, a degenerate. I've also got a beer here. <gasps> I just wanted to be a degenerate on on Mike. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was going to give me a better noise, but I just opened the beer. Well, the beer was already open. Was it? I didn't open yeah, it. little beers. Well, I, I thought you opened the the lid already. Mm-mm. Oh, never mind. But uh, those beers aren't twist cap unless they're root. Uh, no, there are a bunch of not all beers are, but a lot of beers are twist cap. Blue Moons, for example, yeah. which are my favorite. Anywho, yeah, I just wanted to be a degenerate, so I've got a, a beer and some sunglasses on. But it does have the uh, unintended side benefit. effect, <laughs> benefit, some would say, of being able to shroud my emotions from you while we watch this movie. Which is good and bad. Good for you, bad for me, because I'm still desperately trying to figure out if you <laughs> liked this or not. And also good for our listeners. It's true. I'm in suspense. You're in suspense. All right, here we go. I Lancelot! Someone has been in my room again. I hate that. I hate you. I hate that. So I'm sorry. Hormonal 15-year-old. This seems excessive, though, right? Well, she's acting up because it's part of the the character. 
as part of her growth. Okay, but so for a 16-year-old, she is, or 15-year-old, she is acting a little bit abnormally uh, emotional and capricious. Yes. Okay. I hate it! I was never allowed to act this way. <laughs> I hate it! Like that sort of thing. Like even if you're upset, I feel like a 15-slash-16-year-old tries to sound more grown up than she is. So uh, an interesting... She sounds like she's a five-year-old here. An interesting thing that I, I read about the kind of development of the Sarah character is the fact that she is on the precipice of kind of growing up and desperately clinging to this fantastical childlike past and uh, an unwillingness to grow. And there's part of that that is reflected in the ballroom scene where she kind of is recoiling and feeling out of place amongst the grown-up happenings around her. Mm-hmm. And Until the pop star starts to seduce her. Yeah. But I mean, she, and then she recoils from him, but um, to an extent, I wouldn't have, I would have been in trouble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to an extent, I wouldn't have, I would have embraced that guy. I would have done him all night long. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> There's no remorse in her eyes right now. No. <laughs> so I'm sorry. If David Bowie were still alive today, and in a bubble. <laughs> and in a bubble. Would uh, would you uh, recoil at him making advances? Well, it's it's different. I'm married, so I'm... I don't I'm, see a ring. <laughs> it's because I, I took it off when I went into the shower. No, it's because we're watching a David Bowie movie. You're keeping your options open. <laughs> um, no, no, no. That took a long time to say no, though. Oh, you didn't see? I was doing a full Eddie Izzard like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, she she's kind of in that stage where she's desperately clinging on to kind of her youthful fantasy and her adolescence, but on the precipice of adulthood. And so she may be overreacting in that desperate attempt to cling to that, that childhood kind of behavior. So on this note, I recently found out about a new, well, not new, but a a new to me phenomenon. And that is soul bonding. Hmm. You ever heard of this? No. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Mm. Sorry, this is this is my Jane Leno. <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? So apparently George Bush. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, I was like, was <laughs> no, that's just something that Jay Leno would have said. Um, <laughs> no, but soul bonding. <laughs> soul bonding is a thing where a person loses kind of part of their identity, or they take on a new identity of a fictional character. She seems to be a soul bonding style person where you have kind of multiple fictional personalities in your brain. It seems to be almost akin to schizophrenia, but I don't know that it is like a real diagnosis or if it's just kind of a, I don't know. There are a whole soul. I looked this up after I found it out recently. There are whole communities dedicated to soul bonding and she seems to be one of those people. Interesting. Just kind of take the embodying a fictional character a little too far. I kind of want to read that now because that sounds kind of interesting. Oh, I went down. Yeah, I went down a whole rabbit hole. I ended up on a Reddit page called r slash plural. And it was a Reddit, a subreddit dedicated to any person who felt like they had more than one person in their head. Hmm. And a soul bonder is a, is a person that has fictional people in their head. I listened to Ono Ross and Carrie, I think I've told you uh, before about them, but they were talking about a a woman who experienced a misdiagnosis of um, dissociative personality disorder Mm -hmm. um, and multiple personalities back. So it, 
there was a peak of when there was a bunch of false diagnoses of the disorder of the multiple personalities mm-hmm. uh, in the 80s that also corresponded with the satanic panic. Right, right, right. And so um, it, it was just really interesting to talk about her experiences of when the the therapist at this Christian camp for troubled girls, basically, um, was trying to implant false memories um, to identify them, not as her being herself, but to give a name to why she was acting out as a young lady mm-hmm. and therefore creating the false narrative that she had this altar. Okay, so she did not actually have multiple personalities. No, she just wanted to be a rebellious teenager like a lot of people in very tight houses do. Right, but if you're a woman... You're not allowed. and she, You can't rebel. Don't do it. And she made an interesting kind of uh, statement. She's like, it forced me to think of myself if all of what I am is being attributed to this demon... If the demon is removed, what is left of me? It's a good point. And actually, in this plural uh, community, there is a concept of our leader, hmm. which there's a personality in you that is the leader of the group. I've, I've seen that portrayed in um, shows and cinema, like kind of the, the strongest altar, the protective mm-hmm. one. Is that the same as the leader? Yeah, kind of. I, I was uh, reading a whole like thread about it last night. I was stayed up until like two 30 in the morning <laughs> reading this stuff just cause I fell into the rabbit hole. And yeah, there there's a, you know, you've got a leader that's kind of the more alpha personality of the group and it kind of tells the others what to do and they can resent that guy and whatever, but they all know about each other, but it doesn't seem to be at least not in the soul bonding community specifically. It doesn't seem to be a dissociative personality. I don't think you ever totally lose who you are. Mm-hmm. But you have these other people that you can speak through their voice when you're, we, you don't necessarily mean to. You start to become them. You start to speak as them. That's interesting. Oh, man. Now I want to look into it. It's a lot so very much like the labyrinth. Well, very much like Sarah, Sarah here. Yeah. Oh, this kind of blended from yours to mine. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about soul bonding. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so my next is nine minutes, 53 seconds. And the fact that I wanted to drown her because she's 15 and complaining about her teddy being stolen. Listen. By a baby. How could the baby? She's resenting the baby for having stolen the bear. So I'm 35 years old. And you resent babies for stealing your bears? Well, I don't have a bear. I have a tiger. And <laughs> but, you, but you do have a baby? No, I do not have a baby. I'm not pregnant. Even in the process? You, did, you didn't ask. I was, that was, I was leading into that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so I have a, a tiger stuffed animal that I've had for a million years. You, you probably remember it from living with me at the apartment many probably. years ago. I still sleep with that. I have a husband and I still have to sleep with my, my tiger. I don't begrudge you having a little tiger, pal. I don't know that I would share it because, well, frankly, now it's kind of gross. But, but, if, <laughs> but if a baby, if someone gave it to a baby to soothe it, would you throw a temper tantrum and yell that you hated it? No, but I would sneak in its room and take it back later. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> I would try to swap it with something cleaner and nicer. Yeah, so the baby doesn't know. Hopefully. It's responding to the stripes out of the things in this room. This is the least like or, or the scent. <laughs> well, I was uh, going back to Best in Show. This, this is a parrot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> This is a fish. <laughs> I'm sorry. If we're making callbacks to Best in Show, I might, I might stumble. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you with this. <laughs> <laughs> this thumb, I shit you not. I'm gonna stab you with forks. 
Oh, boy. Uh, All right. So my next is uh, uh, 1435. What'd you say yours was? 953. Uh, so I, I say, so, you know, one, she's the worst babysitter in the world. Oh, yes. um, but two, God, the sudden stop and crying is so well done here and just very off-putting. So um, she tells Toby the story of the labyrinth and the goblin king that fell in love with a girl. And just she's almost violently shaking him about as she's telling him the story to try to get him to stop crying. And I think it was to snap the neck. Snap the shaking baby syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And so she's leaving the room and um, unknowingly... She's about to use the magic words. Say your right words, the goblin said. Ooh, that's a note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> He's being such a baby. I wish the goblins would come and take you away. Right now. Right now. So is this the, the magical spells and, and such that she seems to know the exact wording of? What's the source of that? The exact words were made to feel like in this other dimension, this other world that is running in tandem with our own, the goblins were watching her knowing she was going to say, which kind of goes into that fan theory I read earlier. Okay. Like, so she's Sarah. She feels slighted by her parents. Well, the the theory was that the goblin king wanted to get more Sarah's, dark-haired Sarah's, I think, Mm -hmm. into his kingdom. So they could have been sitting there hoping that that would happen, but that the fact that it coincidentally did happen must have been kind of a surprise for them. Yeah, shock. Like, oh, 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 we're on. Boys, boys, we're on. <laughs> it's happening, it's happening, finally. <laughs> Other Tobies. <laughs> oh, to- Toby doesn't matter, but Sarah matters. <laughs> right now. I'll tell you what. It was also that the last cry started to pitch down. It kind of, it held the note and went, ha, like that, that, that kind of made it feel creepier. It didn't yeah. just stop. It was, it went, it kind of petered out and went pitched down. It was weird. Peter. Peter. Okay. Peter. So, uh, my next one is 1150. Um, so I would just like to say, if you thought I was thirsty for Zabka, just, just wait. And, uh, and. Well, you know what my question is going to be. Mm-hmm. What do you think that Bowie smells like? Oh, God. If Zapka smells like spice and leather, then what would Bowie smell like? If you were, think of this, you're dancing with him, you're mm-hmm. embracing him, he's smiling down at you. And I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> he's smiling down at you. Uh-huh. He, he bends down and whispers something in your ear. Am I blushing? <laughs> <laughs> what does he smell like? You just bury your face in his chest. What's he smelling like? Oh, gosh. Sweat and alcohol? No. I mean... Many drugs? So, Jareth or Bowie? Because those are two different answers. Uh, Bowie. So, Bowie, I would imagine, would kind of have like a classic scent. Like, just a very faint, subtle cologne that just speaks of a class in an old world kind of way. Just not, not overpowering, not too strong, and maybe a little vanillaed. Okay, okay. I know that he eats bananas. Perhaps he smells like bananas. <laughs> he smells like potassium. <laughs> <laughs> smells like pure potassium, baby. <laughs> no Charlie horses. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently uh, uh, Ricky Gervais went over to his house, had a dinner party there, became kind of friends with him. 
when he did the sad little fat man song. Yeah, that's how he became friends with him because he went over to his house because Bowie liked The Office. Oh. Uh, so they had dinner and such, and he said that it was the weirdest thing watching Ziggy Stardust eat a banana. Someone argued that that's probably a normal kind of visual. Just well, then that's what he said. It was just weird seeing someone that he had idolized for so long who had seemed like so superhuman doing something as mundane as it's- eating a banana. Oh God, I think, yeah, that's why you never meet your heroes. Well, he said he still loved him and like he, you know, had him on the extras and whatever. Yeah. Stupid little fat man. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we're about to have um, Jareth enter into her room and just, God, his smirk, just look at his face as just, he is confidence, like he is dripping with it. Oozing. Oozing. With sweater and banana and banana <laughs> it's an owl well that one's not computer generated no so it's interesting to me that they chose sorry i don't mean to interrupt this moment but it's interesting to me that you never it's like getting between a dog and his food dish you don't do this <laughs> And I paused on her shoes as well, so you couldn't even look at her, his face. But uh, good Lord, you are getting flustered over there. It's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, it's interesting to me that they chose to go with a CG owl for the opening because they had this owl. And you 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 talked about how they had the pre-green screen stuff with the black felt. Mm-hmm. And the intro was a black background. So why didn't they use the real owl? Here he comes. His shadow is upon her. Literally just leaked glitter. You're the goblin king. I want my brother back, please, if it's all the same. What's said is said. But I didn't mean it. Oh, you didn't. Please, where is he? You know very well where he is. Please bring him back, please. Sarah, go back to your room. Play with your toys and your costumes. Forget about the baby. I can't. I've brought you a gift. What is it? It's a crystal. Nothing more. But if you turn it this way and look into it, it'll show you your dreams. But this is not a gift for an ordinary girl who takes care of a screaming baby. Do you want it? Then forget the baby. I can't. It is that I don't appreciate what you're trying to do for me, but I want my brother back. He must be so scared. Sarah. Don't defy me. That transition right there, but when he threw the snake at her mm-hmm. and it turns into a, a sash or whatever, <laughs> or scarf, yeah. in one shot, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. That, that was a good illusion. <laughs> You're no match for me, Sarah. But I have to have my brother back. He's there in my castle. Landscape has changed. Do you still want to look for him? She's no longer in the, the room. Beyond the Garden City. Turn back, Sarah. 
turn back before it's too late. I can't. Don't you understand that I can't? What a pity. It doesn't look that far. It's further than you think. Time is short. You have 13 hours in which to solve the labyrinth before your baby brother becomes one of us forever. Such a pity. Such a pity. Okay. So it's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Interesting to me. That <laughs> later on in the movie, when it seems like she's getting too close for comfort, he advances time somewhat. Mm-hmm. If he's got control over that and he doesn't want her to get there, why not give her a minute? Because it's not part of the game. There's rules of this world that we don't know. And, you know, she stepped on his jimmies a little bit by saying, no, it's a piece of cake. My next time stump mm-hmm. is now. So this was <laughs> the call to action. How soon is now? David Bowie told her that he's got to go through a gigantic, she's got to go through a gigantic maze on Mars, apparently, judging by how red everything is, to find her baby. A little baby half-brother. It's been stolen by a guy who threw a snake at her that turned into a scarf, mm-hmm. had gremlins infesting her house, has a fairly aggressive owl attacking her, and she's just like, all right, no problem. Well, what choice do you have? The labyrinth. Unless he also promised to wipe the memories of everyone around. <laughs> well, come on, feet. She's just like, okay. All right, none of this is weird. I mean, what else are you going to do? Just got to keep a positive attitude. We're going to get through this. Say, what the hell is going on right now? I'm going to get my daddy. How? Call his cell phone. How? This is 86. Call his iPhone. (laughs) Get his GPS coordinates. Alexa, call dad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's got an an Apple watch on, so she can get his position. It's 1986. They were so stupid back then. They didn't even have Apple watches. So, also, they're in a separate world. I bet the reception's not great. Oh, you don't think that they've got satellites dangling in the atmosphere? Nah. Okay, all right. And if they do, it's only local. I'm sorry, this is low confidence level in the technological uh, accomplishments. Of a wizard? Of Yes, of a wizard. He can do things. Yeah. Make a very localized phone He can make glass balls, but can't do much else. Crystal. Excuse me. Crystal balls. Yes. Excuse you. Well, I feel very excused right now. <laughs> anyway, I just want to... She's a nut. She's a godforsaken nut. She's not why we watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say, she started out as a nut. Yeah. Like for if this section of the movie, probably the first third of the movie, she was a nut. Mm-hmm. The next part of the movie, I actually quite liked her character. I thought she was a, a good female role model. She develops. Yes. And that's part of the whole coming of age part of the, the tale. This is a journey of her kind of moving into adulthood. I see. I see. 1950, here we are. She is inside the maze, inside the labyrinth. Or is she is she inside she is. yet? She's yeah. inside. So she's inside and she's just learned a valuable lesson about not taking things for granted by a garden gnome. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought hoggle. It, I hoggle. Awkward. Hoggle. So I thought it was a little interesting how she felt like she was what was it Bowie who first said that she was taking something for granted? It was Hoggle. He says, "You know what your problem is? You take too many things for granted. Right. Take this labyrinth for instance. Even if you make it to the center, you'll never make it out." Again. All right, calm down, nerd. So <laughs> 
Okay, boomer. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he says that to her first, and then she says it to herself, then the worm says it to her, and then she hears it from someone else. So all of a sudden, everybody's saying the same thing, that you she can't, can't take, take it for granted. for granted. Right. It seemed a little bit after school specially. Yeah, I could see that. It's a turn of phrase that I also, growing up, it's not one that's very common anymore, I feel like. Taking things for granted? Mm -hmm. But uh, one of my favorite lines, well, I I have a timestamp for it, so actually I'll shut up about it. All right, so this is where she's running along the outer rim of it. Mm -hmm. And right there, if you'll see, there's a a seam kind of right here, Mm -hmm. and presumably one over there too. That's a backdrop. Mm-hmm. that she's running toward and she'll stop right before it there. I just wanted to point it out, but while the camera's jiggling around following her, you can see that the perspective on these things back here won't change. Oh yeah. And th- that's probably a backdrop back there too, but the camera cuts when she gets close to it. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, it's not a bad thing at all, especially since this was created and the, the details were fine tuned to lower resolution TVs and things like that. But there are a lot of instances like that where you can kind of see where the backdrop is or whatever. Yeah. Again, totally not a bad thing. It's just fun to point out. In continuation, uh, she's running down the corridor. She starts to get frustrated because there's no openings, no turns, and she comes upon a new friend. Hello. Hello. Very wormy. So cute. And, a little red scarf. Did you say hello? <laughs> and he's, I mean, the the amount of life they give to even something as small as that mm-hmm. looks 12 times better than CG. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It, even it, nowadays CG. And it gives you something to react to, mm-hmm. like, versus, The actor, like a, you mean? Yeah. 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 Um, so one thing that I want to point out as this conversation continues, um, that to me, this is very reminiscent of some of um, the classic tragedies where there's a headstrong hero. Because if she only paused and asked why, yeah. her fate and her story would have been completely different. Although she did end up at the castle, so... Eventually. Because the worm tells her not to go left. Never go left. Mm-hmm. So Don't the, go that way. But for the rest of the movie, she only ever goes right. Hmm. You will notice whenever there's a fork in the road, she takes the, the right door that the, guard, the two guards were guarding. Mm-hmm. And then she took the right door with the two knockers. And then I think there's another. Watch knockers. Hey, but uh, all forks in the road, she always goes right because of this the wormy fella. But that takes her to the castle, eventually. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it was instantaneous. Yeah. Well, no. It just uh, to me, uh, just the whole fact that she never stops to to question the the why of this. She's just like, well, why shouldn't I go left? And they, be, oh, because you know, shark pit. So yeah. it was a. I think her character develops into something that is somewhat inspirational for uh, a, a female lead, especially a young female lead, mm-hmm. because she uses her intellect and mm-hmm. she comes out on top because of it. Yeah. But you're right. She doesn't question enough. And yeah. I think that should be more th- of a thing. No, I said hello, but that's close enough. He's so cute. The way his hair dances around. You're a worm, aren't you? Yeah, shot. You don't by any chance know the way through this labyrinth, do you? Oh, me? Nah, I'm just a worm. So I will oh. use that line all the time Coming if someone so compliments me. What? Nah, me? I'm just a worm. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now I'll know what you're talking about. I have to solve this labyrinth. But there aren't any turns or any openings or anything. It just goes on and on. And 
Well, you ain't looking right. It's full of openings. It's just you ain't seen them. Well, one thing I would like to also point out is even though the focus is on Sarah and the worm, mm-hmm. there are these interesting like eyeball anemones mm-hmm. that are still moving kind of organically. Yeah, they've got little, like eyeballs on like fungal stalks mm-hmm. coming out of the wall. And um, even though we're focusing on other things, there's still there's, life everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I commented on that at, at the end of the movie. Like no matter what, there's always stuff in the scene moving around having a life of its own it never feels like a static set yeah even though it is and you can see backdrops yeah i mean that's the sort of thing that's when you know that you have you are a great cinematic illusionist Mm -hmm. is when you can i can see the backdrop but like the characters that are like all created there's it just feels so alive yeah you know this world feels so organic yeah Come inside and have a nice cup of tea. But there isn't an opening. (laughs) Of course there is. You try walking through it. You'll see what I mean. What? Go on, go on then. What? So, two things. One, I wonder how they actually made this illusion here because it does look entirely seamless. That's just wall. There's no way through. Things are not always what they seem in this place. So This may have been a green screen thing, I don't know. I would guess that it's a green screen thing. Hey. I don't know. Hey, hang on. Because that looks just completely seamless. But also this gets into a logical problem like with Indiana Jones. Okay, so near the end of the third one, when he's going through the three trials. Oh, the illusion of the invisible bridge. Yes. Gets into the same problem here because the illusion might have worked for the camera when the camera was overhead looking down at the bridge at an exact angle so that it could have blended in. But if you are actually standing there and you can move your head around, you'll see that the perspective changes and you'll notice the bridge. Same with her. If she's running around the whole thing, she would have noticed all these pockets, even though the camera right here can't notice it. If you were to change the perspective, you would see the, the bricks shift in a weird way and you would notice something. So funny story, you, you were moving your head kind of like this, and it just reminded me of the uh, very true uh, facts about the owl. It's like if you owls kind of bob their head around to get depth perception about mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So it just... <laughs> also because they can't move their eyes around. Yeah. So they have to, that's why they can swivel so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was incredibly helpful. But don't go that way. What was that? I, I said, that don't go that way. Never go that way. Oh, Thanks. Oh, I think this was conservative propaganda. That worm was saying, never go to the left. Always mm-hmm. go hard right. Jim Henson would just smack you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jim Henson was a neo-Nazi. Let's go. Oh. Here we go. Yeah, please, you should have kept no. on going down that way. should have gone straight to that castle. Okay. Go straight to that castle. My next is 2644. And my question to you is, could you solve the door puzzle? I had actually heard of I when I saw the two door people I was like I know this riddle and I was like so the the original riddle it's a classic logic puzzle Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a door to hell and there's a door to heaven Mm -hmm. one guard can always uh, tell always tells the truth and one guard always lies so I I had already solved this riddle so I I call I paused it and I called I called it can you do the logic breakdown for us yeah I actually wrote it all down but I I know it off the top of my head so it's better if I say like guard a and guard b so Guard A is guarding heaven and always tells the truth. 
Guard B is guarding hell and always tells lies. Ask guard A what guard B would say guard A is guarding. And you do the same of B. But if you ask guard A what guard B, what guard A is guarding, guard A will say hell. Because guard B will lie and say that guard A is guarding hell. If you ask guard B what guard A would say guard B is guarding, guard B will say heaven because he will lie. So that you, you go for the person that's saying hell. It's basically the opposite. So by that logic, is Sarah's logic correct in the door she picked? Uh, I'll have to re-listen to it. I, I'm sure it is. But. I mean, my, my time stamp is to listen to the whole scene because... So there's, there's two quotes that my sister and I say constantly. Uh-huh. And one is the door, the door fellows, uh, the, oh, what a lie. Uh, yeah. we, we, <gasps> I missed out on such a good trivia question. I'll ask you now. Question number 12. <laughs> so do you know the, the, the names of the top knights? No. God blast it. I missed such a good one. So you definitely wouldn't know the names of the bottom knights. <laughs> no. Damn it. No, and I should. Now I feel like I'm remiss. Oh, man. I forgot the names of the top knights. They have names. But the names of the bottom knights uh, in the original script were just uh, guard A and B. Mm -hmm. But they were later given names, which were uh, Jim and Tim. Oh, hey. But I don't remember the top knights' names. That's such a disappointment. Yeah, I just didn't want to go through the whole magic dance. Well, I love magic dance. It just, I, I know we try to avoid just doing pure music. Yeah. Because we don't want to get sued. Also, it's a repetitive song. What? Oh, man. Allison's... Uh, she's looking ready to hurt people. Someone has been changing my marks. So here. So her marks that she's leaving on the tiles. Cheater. Uh, why do so many creatures live under so many tiles? Every single tile that she messed with, someone was living under. I think that it's uh, the same or a couple of creatures. Because this one... He got his help, but their voices are identical, so I think it's the same. Oh, interesting. So apparently those creatures have names. Oh, really? They were given names later. I think they're called uh, tile guards or something like that. Tile mm. something or other. Your mother is a fracking aardvark. <laughs> wow, that's rude. <laughs> that, that's what not, a horrible that's what they say. place this is. It's Didn't know you were that fair. rude. defacing their home. That's right. <laughs> it's not fair. That's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> but that's only half of it. This was a dead end a minute ago. No, no, that's, that's the, the dead, dead end behind, behind you. you. <laughs> it keeps changing. What am I supposed to do? Well, the only way out of here is to try one of these doors. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. Ooh. Which one is which? Uh, we can't tell you. Why not? Um, we don't know but they do oh then i'll ask them uh no you can't ask us you can only ask one of us which mm -hmm. in the rules and i should warn you that one of us always tells the truth and one of us always lies that's a rule too he always lies. I do not. I tell the truth. Oh, oh what, what a lie. <laughs> oh. Oh. My sister and I always tell lies. All right, let's listen to her logic. Answer yes or no. Huh? Would he tell me that this door leads to the castle? Yes. Then the other door leads to the castle and this door leads to certain death. Yeah, she's right. Ooh. 
how do you know? He could be telling the truth. But then you wouldn't be. So if you told me that he said yes, I know the answer is no. But I could be telling the truth. All right, so let me let me hear that again. And the other door leads to the castle, and this door leads to certain death. Oh. I mean, honestly, she got that logic really quick. <laughs> it's, it's, this is kind of a hard puzzle. Ooh, how do you know? He could be telling the truth. But then you wouldn't be. But I could be telling the truth. But then he would be lying. Right. So if you yep. told me that he said yes, I know the answer would uh, still be no. Wait a minute. Uh, is that right? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's right. I figured it out. I can never do it before. I think I'm getting smarter. <laughs> it's a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of cake. What do you mean help? We are helping. So we're helping hands. I thought this was kind of a creepy scene. It's creepy, but it's so cool. I, the, I mean, the, the, the amount of work that they put into it, it's really cool looking. It's just a bit gropey on a 15 year old girl. Yeah. Also true. It's a bit gropey. <laughs> You make it sound a little more concerning than I put. Yes. <laughs> so I will say that the part of this that bothered me the most, why would you choose down? I thought that too. I mean, maybe she was just like, well, they would want me to choose up and everything here is backwards style. So maybe I should go down and that'll no, stick it no, to them. Shimmy, baby, pack, <laughs> That's what I would say too, but you know. Oh. So, on the audio commentary, Brian Frowned mentions that the colors and numbers on the Armored Goblin Knights were inspired by those of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. Oh, interesting factoid. How do you like that? With relish. My next one is another one of my favorite quotes that feels very similar to me to a Wesley from Princess Bride quote. How are you enjoying my labyrinths? It's a piece of cake. Oh, really? And how about upping the stakes? Hmm? It's not fair. You say that so often. I wonder what your basis for comparison is. I like that line. Yeah. So the labyrinth's a piece of cake, is it? Well, let's see how you deal with this little slice. I like that all of his magic and conjuring and stuff is crystal ball based. Yeah. That's unique. I don't think I've ever seen another uh, magician or something that summons things into being by throwing a crystal ball. And it also makes me think of uh, Dwight's crystal wizard. Oh, yes. Good, wizard. sir. <laughs> <laughs> Big you it. Good, sir. <laughs> so, no, that that was it. Was just Big it. mistake. Huge. <laughs> yeah. So that, that scene, I just wanted to focus on that line of. You say that so often. I wonder what your basis of comparison is. That's a good line. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So my next one is 3905. She has escaped sudden death um, with the cleaners, which is like this giant sweet, sw street sweeping kind of device for the tunnels of the labyrinth. And she's now approaching a uh, sagely looking fellow with a bird hat. Whose name is... I asked you all the wrong questions, apparently. You, you did, because I'm not sure. What the... Wise man. What? Oh, I thought you meant the bird hat. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the oh, fellow. <laughs> but I, I don't think, is that a hat or is that actually part of his head? Because he says something about it, being part so of his head. It's so stimulating being your hat. Oh, he says hat? I thought he said head. A young girl. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, and who is this? Hmm? My friend. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, 
What can I do for you? Please, can you tell? That is. <laughs> this speech is a little bit exaggerated. What can I do for you? <laughs> he adds. See, this is what I've noticed of like very posh British people. They add like three or four syllables either before and or after a word. So I also imagine that this puppeteer, this is his one role in this movie. He is going to make the ham sandwich out of this roll. Yes, sir. Immediate up. <laughs> what can I do for you? What do you see, young lady? I have to get to the castle, the center of the labyrinth. Do you know the way? Ah. Huh? Ah. Huh? Huh? Well, yes. Uh, you want to get to the castle, huh? How's that for brain power, huh? Be quiet! Ah, nuts. <laughs> So, young woman, the way forward is sometimes the way back. Mm. Uh, will you listen to this crap? Mm. <laughs> will crap you please be All right. quiet? All right. By the okay. way, what's this movie rated? Is it? I would imagine PG, but crap is a pretty big swear. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, what? Sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> Finished. Quite often, young lady, it seems like we're not getting anywhere when in fact... We are. We are. I'm certainly not getting anywhere at the moment. Ha! Join the club! <laughs> I uh, think that's your lot. Please, leave a contribution in the little box. Don't you dare! Them's mine! Cool. Well, I guess I can spare this. So the way he says, them's mine, the only other person in the world that I've heard talk like this is the little girl from Christmas Vacation. Them's just angry because... Oh, the, the country cousin one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eddie, cousin Eddie's daughter. Kids, yeah. Yeah, Rocky and Betty Sue. Oh, okay. It's Rocky and Betty Sue. That's what it is. So, yeah, for some reason, Betty Sue talked like that when nobody else did. And I don't think I've ever heard someone else have that kind of accent, but this guy. Gracias, senorita. Oh, you didn't have to give him that. He didn't tell you nothing. Well, well then. There go a couple of suckers. Also, apparently the reason why... It's so stimulating being your head. There you go. <laughs> so apparently the reason why Hoggle would grunt and groan after almost all of his words and during other people's lines was just for the, the person inside had an excuse to open the mouth so that they could see. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, we're coming up to my next timestamps, but so there, there's a couple of things that my sister and I will just quote constantly. One is the, uh, oh, what a lie. The other is it's so stimulating being your head. And then the last one is. <laughs> How coming. often does that come up? Well, it's just when we're talking about a boring person. So it comes up with her and I more often than you would think. <laughs> and then the last one that we do is uh, we quote one of the knockers lines. Um, we just rescued Luto from some bitey goblins on sticks. And uh, we are approaching two doors. One is has a knocker with the ring in its ears. And the other has the ring in its mouth. So we effectively have someone who can't hear and then someone who mumbles. So speaking of Lumbo, 
Why is it that he later in the movie, he, yeah, he proves himself to be able to summon gigantoid rocks at will to do whatever he wants? I want to say Jumbo. Why did Jumbo? he? Why was he playing coy with rocks when he was tied up? Why didn't he send boulders after the people torturing him? I think because uh, he just sent some pebbles over to Sarah. To Sarah, yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense. Sure. Or, or I was thinking the bigger rocks, maybe it takes more of himself and more of his power and energy to do that. And surely that's the time so, to do it when you're being tortured. Or, you know, for, for maybe he can tap into that energy when he has someone else to save because he's just so selfless. I see. He's a I good see. boy. Maybe he was bored and he's like, hey, I'm being tortured, but at least I'm with friends. Maybe he liked it. Oh, that was a weird wink. You kind of like I, started going away from me with the wink. I was not committal to the wink. The wink, yeah, almost <laughs> like the wink hurt you. You're like, <laughs> now there's just uh, some everything but the bagels he's in my eye. Ah, that did happen. No, uh, J- Josh snorted some of that. <laughs> <laughs> it went up through his uh, sinuses, he said. Right. So right before we started doing the timestamps for this, just for you listeners out there, we paused and we took a little snack break and Allison had some everything bagel seasoning that we put on to smeared uh, bread, popcorn, and cucumber. cucumber. And I, I delicious wanted, stuff. I wanted Zach to try it because I know he likes salty and he likes garlicky. And this is just it. It's the perfect seasoning. It was amazing. I am. I'm gonna buy some of that stuff myself, honestly. And I might have to steal a thimble of it yeah. so that I can get by for the next day while I don't have my own. Yeah. No. Please. Please do. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, if you had said no, I would have stolen it. Yeah. <laughs> Haha, <laughs> well, you're in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, while we were chatting away, Josh decided he would snort some of it. He's got a bad snorting problem anyway. He likes to snort just things. If they stand still too long, he snorts it. He he huffs seasonings. That's right. That's his thing. And he snorted a bit of that and started having uh, respiratory issues. Yeah, we don't know if it was the garlic or the poppy seed. That's right. It could have been anything. It really could have. He snorted everything seasoning, so... <laughs> It could have been everything or anything. <laughs> Don't know what he expected. Mm. Where did they come from? Mm. What do you think, Ludo? Mm. Which should we choose out of these two ugly characters? Mm. For some reason, I'm just now registering that you said, I want to say Jumbo <laughs> <laughs> as an office reference. Yeah. <laughs> It's very rude to stare. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just wondering which door to choose. What? Don't talk with your mouth full. Wait a second. I can't understand you. What were you saying? Oh, 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 it is so good to get that thing out. What were you saying? I said, it's no good talking to him. He's deaf as a post. Mamble, mamble, mamble. You're a wonderful conversational companion. You can talk. All you do is bones. No good. Can't hear you. <laughs> That's what my sister will say. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honestly, the, the facial acting on that door knocker was really good. His little sniff up. Like, I, you could feel it. Yeah. It felt very human. Yeah. Okay. They, they both have very realistic movement and i love it so much like it's so detailed yeah where do these doors lead what although uh i don't know why he has the door knocker in his mouth if he doesn't want it there because he could just open his mouth yeah it they, they make it seem like it locks in somehow i don't like you can hear it when he gets it put back in right search me we're just the knockers 
How do I get through? Huh? Knock, and the door will open. Oh. Hmm? Ludo. Uh. Uh. Uh, I don't want that thing back in my mouth. Come on, I want to knock. Mm -mm. <laughs> Doesn't want his ring back in his mouth, eh? Can't say I blame him. <laughs> Why doesn't she just knock with it not attached to him? Yeah, he never said it had to be inserted. Yeah. But instead, she tortures this guy. And she could take it back out when she's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things that she could have done to be a good person here. Instead, she chose violence. <laughs> it's treason, then. Okay, that's all I got here. We're about to get into the, the Fire Gang song, Chili Down, but um, that is not one of my timestamps. Yeah, so I, I don't know... Oh, it's my timestamp, actually. So, 51. Good lord, there's some time between your timestamps. <laughs> yeah. So, this scene was filmed, uh, again, using the In black... In front of a live studio audience. With uh, black velvet and several puppeteers per um, fire gang. They're kind of cool looking. I don't know. I thought that they were the least convincing creature that was created for this movie. And maybe that was intentional because they could like pop their heads off and stuff like that. Maybe there was a technical thing because they had to pop their heads off mm -hmm. so that they had to be designed in a certain way so that they could articulate when they were attached and detached. I don't know, but I, I didn't, I didn't dig on the design. I didn't think it looked very, I don't know, immersive, realistic, something. Also, I just thought that it was weird that these just kind of red meth Furbies jump out of nowhere and start singing at her for, with a, apparently no reason. Like, what was the song? What was the purpose, the lyrics of that song? What did they have to do with the situation? We're going to illustrate how we can detach and replace our body parts. But why? Scared you. Oh. Yeah! <laughs> like, in the way that the eyes glow from behind is so creepy. Uh, but only one eye. No, they, they both do. Yeah, in, a, in other shots. But yeah. in this shot, for some reason, you only get the one eye. But this scene didn't do it for me. I, I didn't really like the creature uh, articulation or design or something about it. And also, yeah, the scene where you could see their full bodies, where they had the black screen back there and the, the people in black unitards kind of articulating them. them yeah. uh, it just didn't look good to me. So I will say that this is not my favorite part of the movie. Um, if you have to pick one part of a movie that you don't just care for, this does seem a little disjointed. Yeah. Um, I guess the only part of this movie, the only part that this serves to further the narrative is, is she, wow, look, this place is weird. It, weird, but it also gives Hoggle a, a place to kind of help and redeem a little bit. But then he slow walks back out of that one. True, and then he redeems himself again. It did seem like this was kind of a redundant story point. Mm -hmm. I, I think this could have been chopped out of the movie and it would have been fine. But... The, the song is fun listening to it on its own. I guess. Like, like if you don't have all the, like if you're just listening to it on a recording. I tried to put the, the subtitles on to hear what they were talking about because it was kind of hard to follow the narrative of the, the song. That was kind of my biggest problem with the, the songs in this movie was that like in a Disney movie when they break out in song, it's relevant to the scene. It tells something about characters or something plot. I wasn't sure what any of the songs had to do with anything in this movie. That's fair. Uh, 
The, and I, anyway, so I put the subtitles on for the song to try to follow along, but the subtitles didn't. It just said, hey, this is the song name. Mm-hmm. And it didn't give me the lyrics. So I, I don't actually know what this was about. Do you know what this was about? Uh, was, is this a, is Chili this a, Down with the Fire King. Yeah, uh, so this is a, a real song that was made before the movie? It was Most of the songs in this movie were made for this movie. So okay. um, Magic Dance, Within You, As the World Falls Down. The start of the song, I, I didn't really like it, but as it went on, I, I started kind of grooving with it. Mm-hmm. Chili down with the fire gang. Hey, shake your pretty little head. Act tall with the fire gang. See, I just don't know what this means. Like, what, what does any of this have to do with the movie? It's just about them. Yeah. They are independent little fire gang. So this is where I wanted us to just focus on Hoggle's face. Um, he hands Sarah a poison peach that was given to him by Jareth. And just after she bites it, I just want to focus on all the manipulations that had to go on behind the scenes to give him this kind of recoil and grief and flinching almost. Like it just, it's beautiful puppetry. Well, how was that? Right? Pretty good. Pretty good. Left it on a cliffhanger. And that is intentional. Look, I want you... You you need to have you need to have a desire for more, more labyrinth, more rose tinted reels. So, you know, we raise a question and we don't quite answer it, and that is what we call in the business a teaser, a teaser. Yes, you want to hear the end, don't you? I don't know. Hopefully, you do, but you'll have to wait for the third part in our series of labyrinth, which will be our final one. So, closing out the show today, let me just again remind you that you can visit us on uh, Facebook, on our group, the RTR Community Face Place. You can visit our page there and on Twitter at at Rose Tinted Reels. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'm glad that you guys have other ways of listening to it. You can get it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, all over the place now. It's, it's a big deal. We're a big deal. And quite frankly, it's about time. But, uh, no, but the only place that I know about that you can actually leave us a five-star review or a review at all on one of these podcasting platforms is Apple Podcasts. So that's where to do it. It helps us get up the their charts, helps us get a little bit more visibility. So please leave us a five-star review there, and we'll read it on the podcast if you'd like. And that's all I've got to say. So, I well, let me do what uh, Allison usually does. Uh, you know, what's a, Julian Crowhurst, Cacaw and what all? He did, he did our uh, theme song, so thank him for that. And what else? What else is there? There's nothing else. So uh, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, and I've been Zach. Bye. You can dance with me. Mm. Mm, mm. Mm. Right. Left. Look right. Look left. Unless you're on the road and you're driving at the moment. In which case, don't do any of that. Just look straight ahead. Put your blinker on if you're trying to change lanes.